welcome to the Do It All Daddier podcast. Although according to Spotify, I don't exist because I don't have any followers <laughs> on my dummy account. I don't know if it's my real account. I've only done 750 episodes, 140 comedy records. So what the hell am I doing? Wasting my breath? <laughs> because this has been the greatest open mic in the universe. That's why. And it has forced me to put my material out there that I believe is hilarious because it made me laugh first. And if it doesn't make you laugh, then that's okay. If you didn't want to follow me on Spotify, it's okay. If you want to shadow ban me, it's okay. Because at this point, six years later, since I launched the Do It All Dad Your podcast, I'm used to 100% resistance from my f- mother, my father, my wife, in many instances. <laughs> and old friends and new, I understand people aren't always going to suck off the totality of your existence. I totally get it. But when you haven't spoken to a friend a long time, and he's established, and he's a lawyer, he makes lots of money, and you send him a nice text because you're reading a Dallas Strawberry book, he's a big you know Mets fan, yada, yada, and he asks you what's going on. You're not just offering this information freely. And you tell him that uh, you just got an amazing review for your unpublished collection of short stories, waste of height, really short stories, and you don't you don't even acknowledge that text. <laughs> and to make matters worse, I also share uh, my latest and greatest freebie on the house comedy record, that being sexualizing dream boards. <laughs> so, Lord, what am I supposed to think exactly? That certain old friends they like the idea of me not being hyper successful yet <laughs> at the same time like the same bud says may you always kill on stage but so what he doesn't want literary success for me <laughs> he really wants me to <laughs> hit the road and never see my children <laughs> but it's okay Lord. because you know last night I do a Peloton ride and I Google Michael Kornbluth. I mix it up, writer, comedian, and uh, my recent review for Waste of Height Really Short Stories ends up at the top of the list. Now, you would think that after being the best blogger in America, in Ghana, for God knows how long, you'd figure like that stuff would show up at the top too, meaning a link to freaking my Do It All Dad Your blog, but it doesn't happen. So, I know I've made these grandiose announcements before about like, oh, this being the last podcast and everything, but I got the house to myself. The kids are away, and I wanted to uh, get this off my chest. I made a last-minute addition today to United We Laugh. I'm still contemplating breaking up into two books, one being seriously clowning. I need to figure that out. However, I did make a last-minute edition, which I'm going to perform for you in a second, called 100% Resistance, inspired by some awesome adventures I had with my kids this weekend, uh, particularly 
in uh, Beacon, New York. But uh, the same reviewer that had reviewed the Waste of Height, really short stories, said she would love to read uh, my new book, and that being the Kosciuszko comedians. And you could say that book is as special as Waste of Height, if not more, because I mean, look, Waste of Height, a lot of showcase stories for my children. As a lot of followers of this podcast know, despite my lack of uh, stats to prove it on Spotify, but. You know, coaster and comedians. I mean, that's the story about story that I've worked on. You know, for like two plus years. I think it's three years at this point. I've lost track of time, but you know, the story about inspiring my children to give the coaster diet a chance. And it's about you know, holy bonding time, and you know, getting closer to God and your children through the more laughs and yummy dance meal creations I make, and. You know, I reminisce about old friends that I'm referencing right now, but I mean, Lord, you know, it's great to have old friends and everything, and I'm glad that they're still pulling for me, but I think that is classless, <laughs> shitty uh, behavior to not acknowledge the fact that, A, one of his old friends wrote a freaking 200-page masterpiece. <laughs> That's a collection of really short stories that don't blow, that are pertinent, that are funny, heartwarming, family-focused at times, that have a lot to say. That isn't a short story written by fucking Ernest Hemingway or Shirley Jackson or all those boring, freaking excruciating short stories that I had to read in my alternative school growing up. <laughs> so, Judy... You better be fucking proud of me. You say to one, say, hey, I see a future where you can make it as a comedian. Okay, that's great and everything, but, you know, that's like, that was a great impetus, but I took it a step further, because you were hot shit and you were a great teacher, but I don't recall you writing a collection of short stories. If you did, I would have preferred us reading that, because I think it would have been better than reading The Fucking Lottery by Shirley Jackson. <laughs> so... So fuck anyone that doesn't give a shit. Yeah, you know, I, I connect with old friend Mike Peone. He asks about next steps. Uh, my friend JT gives me some love. And, you know, Paul Stonick, he's fantastic. It's like, I want to reach out to an old friend Jay, but he's been off the radar forever. And uh, I mean, like, does it make it different? I mean, look, who do I ultimately care about sharing my successes with? My friend, yeah. But like Bette Miller said, you know, find someone, it's hard to find someone happy, who's happy for reason success. And I also told this old friend about how I performed stand-up comedy in front of my three children for the first time. I mean, there's a loaded text that I sent. The first time I performed in front of my children at a new bud's house and it went well. And I did like 10 plus minutes and I didn't hold back. And you're not going to acknowledge that when you tell me to always kill on stage? So like, why are you even telling me that? Just give me lip service? You know, like, sorry, like your selective tenderness isn't fucking cutting it anymore. And my parents inspired that expression, but the same applies to you. Sorry. I mean, I'm glad you had a dream about us. You give me a, an inscribed out by Dallas Strawberry. That's awesome. And I don't mean to... I'm, 
I know a theme in my life, Lord, is surviving sensitivity. And I know I have a tendency to blow up relationships, but... I mean, you know, the positive is, look, by talking about this, it just reinforces how I would act when someone else risks their marriage, <laughs> their beautiful home life, their beautiful comedy uh, grand house, to follow his muse whenever the door is fucking shut on him. When he tries to make a career in headhunting again and gets fucked over by Stinkle Sema. And wife says, write the book, I'll divorce you. And then I end up writing like three <laughs> that are like monster masterpieces. I mean, we're talking, you know, 80,000 words here, 80,000 words there, 160,000 words here. So I can't wait to get these books out to the world. United We Laugh slash Seriously Climbing is definitely going to Ice Cube did a tour recently called I think it's like Fuck the Gatekeepers or something like that so Cuba's gonna love my shit and I'm calling out right now okay I'll send myself to Kid Rock maybe we'll get a little sensitive maybe get his panties in a bunch about like my trans material so but I've connected with Kid Rock before so I like the idea of you know him having a sense of humor and I know he does deep down and he's got a bar in Tennessee so in the end if I sell publish I sell publish but I'm going to send the fucking book and it's going to get a response. And I will be partying with kid on his golf stream at some point in my life. And so we're going to be hanging with cube, going to get pictures of cube, kid rock, and then Sammy Hagar. Now I just got his album called, I never said goodbye. I found it in Rhinebeck. I got a discount from this guy. I was working there. It's wearing a striper shirt, going to a mini. Um, it's always comical when record shop owners feel compelled to announce their uh, atheism. Well, I use the expression atheist cunt, but he was good humored about it. So, and I was just repping. And I like to believe I got a funny man discount because he didn't charge me uh, or what the advertised price was. But on that song, uh, there's a song on that album that I love. One is called Eagles Fly. And I heard that for the first time when I went to St. Louis to see... George Thurgood and the Destroyers thinking they were going to be the uh, the main act, but they were the opener for Sammy Hagar in the circle. Although short side of me, that was really dumb on my part, but Eagles Fly, he closed with, and it was unbelievable. And it's my new favorite song. And uh, recently for my birthday, my son gave me this amazing like eagle creation. It was really special. So he did this great stunt thing with you. And so I have that on vinyl now, so that's awesome. But he's got this other song called Give to Live. And I like the like the Christian based uh, mentality of the song, where if you want to hate less, you want to turn your cheek a little, which I could do in this instance. <laughs> Put an old bud, and then another example, or maybe my friend got tense because I hiked. He listened to the record in full, and he heard a comment about me being into chicks uh, with dick. So maybe he got turned off by that, <laughs> and maybe there is. A bit about squeamish all carcinoma talk, and you know, I'm going some some jokes about my father and how I talked about his you know glaring lack of interest and how he called my squeamish all carcinoma a child's play cancer. But I mean, yeah. 
Spud's known me a long time, so he should know that uh, really nothing's off limits. So, and that I will pitch any punchline for the sake of comedy if I feel that it's worthy of a laugh, and which is a hit of happiness, and I think that's worth it. And I'll take that to the grave. So, and but yeah, so give to live, and then there's this other great expression where it says, you know, if you want to believe, if you want to faith, you know, believe a little, which I love. I love that line by Sammy Hagar. And you know, give to live. You know, if you want to start living, you know, give a little more, and that's how I view this podcast, and you know, that's how I viewed all these books, but. There's a there's a limitation to my giving. Uh, I need money. <laughs> my family needs money, <laughs> and I like the idea of making stand up staffer happen. I really do. Harassing every HR manager, CEO of any company that's advertising jobs, and pitch, hey, stand up staffer here. Inspiring encore pitch performances since Y2K. I notice a lot of job advertisements. How are those working out so far? If you're less enthralled, then we should talk about uh, your storytelling needs in more detail. Because I've been talent hooking since Y2K. I'm a TV writer. Well-reviewed book, Arthur. And... I can ghostwrite your job ads for you and really bring your mission and backstory to life like no other. Where candidates are going to be responding to your job advertisement so they could feel infinitely cooler and infinitely wiser and more badass eclectic through association. <laughs> so. Do you have five minutes tomorrow, asshole? <laughs> so I could charge you, what, a thousand bucks to write a job ad that you're paying for LinkedIn anyway, which is like fucking, you know, throwing money in the, in the uh, incinerator because I've been on that end and you're getting maybe a couple of good resumes and by the time you contact them, they're going to be gone anyway. So how about you let me write you your job advertisement, the most engaging job advertisement pitch story ever sold, and you approve it, I'll send you email questions ahead of time. So if you don't want me talking to your hiring manager, if you don't want me to violate a safe space. And then after that, we'll uh, we'll create a list. You create a list of 10 people. Your top 10. Doesn't take long. A LinkedIn recruiter. You give me that list. I'll give you some, you know, personalized, you know, uh, ball ticklage that I could use. And I'll send you the stuff. And you use your own LinkedIn and mail. And you're going to get responses. And, and then if you get your guy, you give me um, a mini, you know, ghostwriter, uh, you know, bonus fee. And I could have the freedom to uh, do stand-up whenever I want and start getting paid for that too. So wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? So I'm glad I talked to this Adam. So yeah, so I, I just want to use my podcast now to uh, fine-tune my pitch for uh, stand-up staffers. <laughs> Otherwise, I have no need for you whatsoever. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, look, I know I have fans out there. I know you're not liking the stuff just because I'm a 
have my good looking children on my on my on my blog. <laughs> really need to update those pictures too. But I love my last record. I mean if, if any fans of this podcast you've never heard it before. Sexualizing dream boards is hilarious. I was laughing hard and long. I'm very proud of it. So I it's got going for conspiracy theories. It's really great stuff. So you when you're you want to hear uh Cutting age comedy made for these times, then you'll, you'll do yourself a favor and check it out. And, yeah, I just want to give like another thank you shout out again to fans old and new because it feels pretty damn good to go on Spotify and see all of them. I mean, it's never ending. I mean, you don't remember. It's hard. How could you remember every line from like 750 episodes at the end? So it feels great. But call me a little paranoid Jewy. How could I not think I'm being shut up at this point? I mean, seriously. I know my competition is. <laughs> but not here to bitch. Here to do. And I didn't want to go into material immediately because that would have been uneventful and I wouldn't have surprised myself. <laughs> but uh, my six year old son. I uh, did a 69 with his uh, stuffed pet dinosaur this weekend. <laughs> I guess his boner age came early. <laughs> He's gnawing this poor dinosaur's nuts off with relentless fury. What am I going to say? That would have taken balls to do in prehistoric times, kid. <laughs> Ice age is a lame excuse when seeking relief for blue balls. <laughs> then this morning, my son says, Daddy. I don't like visiting the pediatrician because he plays with my nutsy rustles. What is Dr. Winnick feeling around for exactly? Backstage tickets to Vatican during Mardi Gras? <laughs> but seriously, shouldn't a pediatrician be able to spot hernia on your balls without popping a squeeze? The way Ted Williams could spot a split finger fastball the moment it left Sandy Koufax's hands? <laughs> Why else would you work with half-naked kids exclusively? And what are pediatricians listening for when they tell you to cough? Do they expect these kids to whistle as they work exclusively with half-naked kids for a living? <laughs> can't they use AI? Can't they use AI-powered robots to fill your kid for hernia with? <laughs> Isn't Musk on that yet? AI will provide added value when it automates filling up our kids' private parts on LinkedIn. <laughs> but make the robot look like Ted, voiced by Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> inject some levity into the doctor's visit. You want to be Thunder Buddies? Sure. Okay, then I have to taser gun your nuts first. <laughs> John Podesta and friends prefer their whole-time entertainment completely bare. That might hurt, Doc. Do you want to be in a remake of the Care Bears or not? <laughs> I know the director. I'll tell him to give you a meaty speaking part. If you remain fuss-free. Capiche? <laughs> but seriously, why have parents allowed pedo-cloaked pediatricians to fill up their kids uninterrupted since the industrial age? Alex Jones should have been all over this conspiracy theory ages ago. 
Doc doesn't even offer you a margarita slice first, no garlic knots, nothing. Goonish. <laughs> Bupkis, he fondles your nuts, he rustles as if he's just taken up juggling. Dr. Feelgood isn't looking for lumps and breasts for breast cancer. So what is pedo Doc Hollywood feeling up for exactly? Erect interest in a pizza party invite to the Podesta's place? Suppose you don't know what I'm saying. Google Podesta artwork on your phones right now. You'll see enough pedo bondage artwork to make Marilyn Manson blush. Now, in this instance, I favor 100% resistance. Unless you can present hard data that proves that filling out my son's private parts is nothing more than a doctor feeling himself out of debt. <laughs> and I don't want to hear the doc is feeling up my son for traces of hernia, which he get from what again? My son isn't a dreamer whacking a stick at a pinata filled with green cards and prepaid iPhone cards for life. <laughs> and in a related note, do you know that you can be fined $250,000 in New York City for uh, hate speech against illegal immigrants. Such as no speak English. Who's translating uh, these insults for one exactly? <laughs> now in New York City, you get a free license to vote and a hate speech translator to bankrupt Apu's cousin at a bodega in Flushing. <laughs> it's an old joke. I hope it came together well. <laughs> I missed it. I don't know if you guys ever saw there's a video of these guys in Stockton, these Indian guys. This uh, black dude <laughs> was just dealing all this stuff. He was very blatant about it. All these like vape stuff and cartridges and he bought like a freaking garbage bag. And he was doing it for like, it felt like an eternity. And eventually, the, the the Indians took matters in their own hands. And one of the guys held him down. And the other guy took a, a broomstick and just started whacking his leg. Now, I mean, look. This wasn't the second coming of Casino. Where, you know, Nicky and his brother get beaten to death with a fucking baseball bat. But of course, they're being persecuted right now. And they're under investigation. <laughs> when they're trying to defend themselves. So, like I said before. <laughs> Self-defense is deader in this country than fucking Yiddish. So, but it's a hilarious video and you have to watch it <laughs> at some point in your lives uh, if you're feeling tad blue. So, yeah, so in this day and age, who's cool with Doc Pedowood <laughs> touching your kid's private parts post-COVID damage done? Before Teddy Roosevelt became president and instituted child labor laws, you had to be concerned about your artist son contracting hernia if he spent time blowing glass in his downtime or working full-time as a welder on the Empire State Building. <laughs> but when did parents decide to stop protesting? When did parents decide to stop protesting the issue of Dr. Feelgood filling up their son for hernia? <laughs> Were the 70s that wild? You think the doc was testing Baby Hunter for cocaine dick? Can <laughs> I get a holla? My favorite joke yet. Thank you very much. If I'm not worried about my kid getting a hernia from lugging around his dinosaur dick in the making, then you shouldn't too. <laughs> doc Petalwood. <laughs>
the pedo prick wants to make sure everything is developing normally? Sure. But pedo prick MD will prescribe that that same kid puberty blockers after he catches wind of him going down on his dinosaur stuffed animals. <laughs> I talked myself out of a speeding ticket recently. I say, officer, I've been making fun of Antifa on my podcast for the past five years and change. So there's still hope for mankind after all. <laughs> we don't have to watch the entire shit show go up in flames. <laughs> but seriously, how does Antifa celebrate Mother's Day? Pick up the trash and move out of the house for good? <laughs> this is the Do It All Daddier podcast. Uh, dad-friendly entertainment for you and me. Controlling our kids' comedy can make our kids great again. My three fuss-free kids, 99% of the time, are living proof of it. And I'm still determining what I expected from my Rushchester Pale Ale. Uh, Captain Lawrence Brewery uh, makes it. East Chester, New York is a suburban Guido enclave of southern Westchester County. Those candy necklaces never look fresh around Guido Nation. <laughs> Still, 80s Guidos are unsung heroes of the metrosexual revolution. Nobody else spiked hair with such stylized panache as Guido Nation did in the 80s. <laughs> For Christ's sake, the tanning salon paychecks bought Tommy Hilfiger his $34 million FU estate in Greenwich, Connecticut. Because deep down, Tommy Hilfiger knew wiggers weren't getting into the Palladium dressed in pink white beaters alone. <laughs> so what was my beer review description for Fresh Chester Pale Ale on BeerAdvocate.com? Skanky, rip-off, Drakkar, nor made in China, sprayed in my face instead of mace. <laughs> Which reminds me of the time that my father made my April Fresh smelling daughter who smelled like strawberries out of the womb uh he visits her we're living in astoria queens and transferred the smell of stale discontinued incredibly shitty arabic cigarettes called territory 100s on top of my daughter so now all of a sudden my daughter went from smelling like strawberries she went from smelling like the sweetest batch of pixies and strawberries to don draper's corpse draped in aramis <laughs> And I yell at my dad. First time I ever yelled at him. It was over the phone. And I said, Dad, never make my daughter smell like Don Draper's corpse draped in Aramis again. And my mom called me later. She goes, son, you know, I spoke with your dad. And, you know, he couldn't believe the way you, you talk to him. And if I have to choose, I choose your father. <laughs> I said, thanks, Mom, for reinforcing why I feel like the sloppy second son. For a reason. <laughs> but what is 100% resistance? Refusal. To laugh heartily at any joke I say. Because it kills you. To give props. So easily. Away. Do it all daddy or podcast. Fuck you Spotify. Fuck you Google. Fuck you Facebook. Fuck all big tech altogether, and fuck anyone that isn't excited about 
my vision of next summer having beaches blanketed with men, women, trans, every freaking pansexual creation known to mankind holding up my books, United We Laugh, because you're comedians and ways to fight really short stories and laughing their fucking asses off. That's my vision, and I'm sticking with it. Allah! Thank you, Lord, for the gift of unlimited imagination and comedic writing song. Thank you! Oh. Very much.